This podcast is sponsored by The Bayes Factor, the newest TV detective series. Reverend Tom Bayes, a quiet Presbyterian minister who is more comfortable with probability than with parishioners, uses a formula of his own creation to solve mysteries that have baffled the community. But when Reverend Tom's methods show that significant conclusions may not have been so significant after all, he finds himself in the investigative crosshairs. New episodes of The Bayes Factor drop Thursdays on every streaming service with a plus sign after its name. Hello and welcome to Practical Significance, a podcast to inspire listeners with compelling stories from statistics and data science and to propel data-driven careers forward. Here are your hosts, the ASA's Director of Strategic Initiatives, Donna Lalone, and Executive Director, Ron Wasserstein. Well, welcome everyone to the December issue of Practical Significance. Ron and I are delighted to say we actually have a tradition. We've been doing this long enough to have a tradition. This is a bittersweet tradition because we are going to talk with colleagues who will be concluding their term of service on the ASA board. And to get started, we are just going to go around and ask them to briefly introduce themselves and to talk a little bit about their role on the ASA board. And so, Jihan, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, Thank you, Donna and Ron, for inviting uh, us. Hello, everyone. My name is Jihan Lee, and I'm a professor of biostatistics at the University of Florida. As my daily job, I'm the uh, division director of quantitative sciences at the UF Health Cancer Center, where I provide the strategic leadership, administrative direction, and biostatistical support to the cancer center members. Today, I'm here as the Council of Chapters representative. My role is the liaison between the chapters and the Council of Chapters and the ASA board. ASA chapters are regional communities for statisticians and data scientists, and we have 73 chapters geographically. And I'm very excited to share my experience as the member of the board of directors last three years. Thank you. Thanks, Jihan and Scarlett. I'll go to you. Great. So thank you again for having us. My name is Scarlett Bellamy. I'm a professor of biostatistics currently at Drexel University, and I am currently serving out a one-year term as the past ASA vice president. I haven't been to step in for Dion Price, who couldn't be in two places at once. And so I'm the vice president version of Dion for her, her final VP year. So thank you. Thanks, Scarlett. And Alex, we'll come to you. Hi, everyone. It's a great pleasure to be here with you today. I'm Alex Schmidt, originally from Brazil, currently professor of biostatistics and program director of biostatistics at McGill University in Canada. I have been since 2020 in the international rep to the board, and I'm part of the Committee on International Relations in Statistics, whose responsibilities are to identify goals, develop policies, and plan projects that foster activities involving international communities. It will be a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks, Alex. And Rebecca, we'll come to you. Hello, everyone. I'm Rebecca Hubbard. I'm a professor of biostatistics at the University of Pennsylvania. It's a great pleasure to be here this afternoon and see all of you. My role on the board for the past three years has been as the Council of Sections governing board representative to the board. 
So the sections focus on specific statistical subject areas. And my role has been to transmit concerns from the sections to the board of directors and vice versa. Thank you all. We're so delighted to have you. And you came to the board from different backgrounds and experiences with ASA and maybe being familiar with certain things and and less familiar with other things. So I wanted to ask you what things you may have learned about the ASA from serving on the board. And let's see, Alex, I'm going to call on you first. I have to say that I'm always impressed by how well organized and professional the ASA is. The number of board meetings we have during a year is a testimony to this. And in every meeting, there are so many different items to discuss. I'm always impressed. The number of initiatives the association leads is amazing. For example, before joining the board, I was not aware of Statistics Without Borders, which is a volunteer outreach group of the ASA that provides pro bono services in statistics and data science. I was also not aware how active the ASA is in making U.S. policymakers aware of statistics and its importance. In the board meetings, I was always impressed by the reports from Steve Pearson, the director of science policy, and their efforts to connect with the political actors in the U.S. Thanks, Alex. Rebecca, what did you see? So I feel like I have learned a ton about statistics as well as about the ASA in my three years on the board. Before I came to the board, my experience with ASA had been primarily through the sections and primarily through the biometric section and the section on epidemiology. And so, you know, I knew about biostatistics and the biostatistical stuff that people were working on. And I knew that community really well. And I, of course, was aware that there are other areas of statistics out there. But being on the board really opened my eyes to the enormous breadth of the profession. There are so many areas that I didn't know about. And beyond that, seeing all of the things that ASA does, particularly related to education, was really eye-opening to me. The involvement that goes on with education from the high school level, the community college level, you know, all the way up through graduate education has been really inspiring. I love what we're doing to help train the next generation of statisticians. I think it's incredibly important and impactful. And yes, every meeting, I'm just blown away by the breadth of what ASA is working on. Thanks, Rebecca. Jihyun, how about you? Thank you, Ron. Before I started my term, I was very nervous. So I asked a friend of mine, the, uh, Paula Robson, who previously served on the board, and she told me three things. Number one, she said it was a lot of work. The second, and she said she learned a lot. So the other one is she really appreciated that uh, she was uh, serving the board. So after three years of my experience, I 100% echo what she said. You know, I learned tremendously about our professional organization. Like Rebecca mentioned that, like many of other ASA members, I had no clue how much ASA board works. On top of the ASA, I think the regular functional work, such as a budget, meeting plans, ASA journals, and then maintaining memberships, the board needed to work on occasional special issues. For example, we have spent a lot of time on the Fisher's award matters and U.S. census issues and social and science policy and advocacy initiatives. And in addition, also, I learned the valuable uh, volunteers for our big professional organizations. One specific example is the community members of professional ethics recently updated the ethical guidelines for the statistical practice. 
And I was so impressed by the timely updated guidelines and how much the individual members devoted their time to complete the task. They said they met every Tuesday for a whole year to get the job. So it was a quite, a, to me, a learning curve. And then I wanted to thank the volunteers one more time during this podcast. Thank you. And Scarlett. I think for me, probably one of the most important things is that, you know, that the ASA has some extremely competent and generous individuals who are like super devoted to service of the profession. As a byproduct, I think they and we all care deeply about our profession and help in sort of these critically important ways. So that's the first thing. With that, I think sometimes perhaps for people who are just sort of trying to figure out their place within the organization, Maybe it's a little bit daunting because of the size and and the breadth of just how big we are as a professional organization. But I think, you know, sort of once you sort of get in and sort of find your people within organization, A, I think that, you know, there's a place for everybody who is either interested in or who is a practicing statistician. So so I think that ultimately, the just the deep interest in the members and in the people who are affiliated with the ASA and sort of making sure that our profession is a healthy and a vibrant one. So folks, we were talking earlier that free time doesn't exist anymore, but <laughs> I still want to ask a question now that you are, well, in 2023, when you are not attending ASA board meetings and, and taking care of the various responsibilities. We wonder if uh, there are projects that you're looking forward to working on once you leave the board. And Alex, since I know, <laughs> I think I know one <laughs> that you are going to be working on. I'll start with you. This is exactly the one I'm going to talk about. Well, during the time I served the board, I got quite involved with the activities of the Committee on International Relations in Statistics. Together with Carolina Franco, who is the chair of the committee and is Luca Yengar from Statistics Without Borders, we started a webinar series to introduce current hot topics in statistics to a broad international audience. Our main goal is to reach out to statisticians based on developing countries. During this year, so far, we have had three sessions, and each one has attracted on average 150 people from really different corners of the world. The next one will be on December 8th with Jennifer Holting, Professor Emeritus from Colorado State University, talking about machine learning. I'm really pleased and excited about this initiative, and I'm looking forward to continue working with SIRS and SWB on the organization of uh, these webinars. And we are incredibly grateful that you uh, will continue because it's been a lot of fun to work with you on that and the other members of the committee, of course. Jihan, I'll go to you. Thanks. I'm sure my spare time will be quickly filled with the other work. However, I can dream over something fun, right? So I always wanted to reform a few of my old furnitures because they looks everything is a very brownie and then having a very thick, shining coat. So I wanted to reform by painting them with the more modern colors. Uh, to do this job, I need to first transform my garage to have space to mess up with the paintings and dust from the uh, sandpapers. But more seriously, uh, I 
plan to work with the several uh, Floridian uh, statisticians from five universities to push the Data Science and Literacy Act under the Science Policy Director, our Steve Pearson's leadership. So Florida is the southern most populous state and is a very dynamic in many ways, yet we are a little bit behind in advocating the act by introducing and meeting with our congressional uh, office. So this is my continuing ASA-related work, and I am looking forward to it. Scarlett, I'll turn to you. I suspect that I can guess what (laughs) at least one of your focuses is going to be as well, but we'll see what you want to share with us. I don't know that I planned that trade-off just right in terms of magnitude of work shifting. But yeah, so there's the big professional thing. The other thing too is that, you know, my little family who very often reminds me that I'm not just a statistician, sort of keeps me grounded in reality. They have been for probably well on the last like 18 months or so have reminded me that just before the pandemic, we were supposed to have like a three country stop big vacation in Europe. So we were going to do Italy, Spain, and France. And so I think that perhaps summer 2024, we'll probably start to plan that big trip again. That sounds fantastic. We'll look forward to uh, postcards (laughs) so we can update the board. And Rebecca, what about you? Free time? Does it exist? Free time does exist. I tend to be on email, so I give the illusion that I'm working about 18 hours a day, but there are actually periods of time in there where I am not working at all. So professionally, in the next year, I'm going to be going on sabbatical from January to June, and I've planned a little three-stop sabbatical that's going to go to Sweden, Seattle, and Boston, and I'm really looking forward to temporarily relinquishing some of my service and teaching responsibilities and just refocusing on research and, you know, some of the statistical um, ideas that get me really excited. So professionally, I'm really looking forward to doing that. Personally, I have to say, although I do sometimes give the illusion of working all the time, I think it's really important to have periods of time throughout the day where you really just turn off and zone out. So recently I have taken up amigurumi, which is a crochet technique where you make little stuffed animals by crocheting. And I've found crocheting is one of the best ways to kind of restart your brain because it's just very relaxed. It's very focused. All you have to do is count stitches, one, two, three, four, it sort of rejuvenates your mental energy. So that's, that's what I've been working on in my spare time. All of those things sound great. I don't think my wife wants me handling needles with my hands because she's seen how coordinated I am. But I do like ideas that help center or ground or just remind you of the things that you care about and like to do. I think those are really important. So I'm going to swing you back around to thinking about some things about your board experience again. And I think I'll start with you on this, Rebecca, because you hinted at this a little bit already in your previous response about things you learned. But how has serving on the board influenced how you think about the profession? Someone told me that when I give a talk on a statistical topic, statisticians always come off as being the heroes. 
of whatever story I'm telling. And that's something I really believe strongly, at least scientifically. I believe statisticians are the heroes of many, if not most, or not all scientific endeavors. So I think being on the board has just really reinforced that sense to me of how important statistics is across many, many different scientific disciplines and also across different areas of society. So I've been thinking more and more about how important it is that we claim our seat at the table and make our voices heard, because I think we have so much to contribute to sound decision-making and evidence-based decision-making across a really wide variety of different topic areas, um, particularly when it comes to data science, because data science is becoming so important scientifically and to society. And statistics is a a key component of data science, but we are not always the ones driving the boat in that area. And being on the board, I've seen how statisticians and how ASA can contribute to data science, to how we define data science, how we train data scientists. And I think it's just incredibly important because it's going to shape the way that society develops over coming decades. So I feel really energized by that and enthusiastic and just like, yeah, statisticians are the heroes of this story. And we need to stand up and claim our power and make sure that our voices are really heard. Thanks, Rebecca. Just keep singing the song of the unsung heroes. That's great. Scarlett. I don't have very much to add to Rebecca's response. I think she she nailed it and said it probably better than I ever could. If I had to add something, it was, again, sort of this reiterating this idea about just how much people care about their little area or their multiple areas of research and just how not only do they want to be the heroes, but that, you know, they want to do a good job. They want to help people make sense of data so that they can make the best decisions or the most informed decisions possible. And I think sometimes we underappreciate or overlook ourselves for that. This experience of being on the board has given me sort of renewed sense of the breadth of our contributions. Thank you, Scarlett. How about you, Alex? As Rebecca was sharing with us her thoughts, I was just nodding because it is exactly what I thought. She really nailed it. And I, I agree with you, Rebecca. Well, I love statistics and I think we should play um, the role that we deserve in science. I don't think that good science can be done without good statistics. And I agree with Rebecca that uh, we have to find our role in this boom of data science. Sometimes I feel that the statistics community is living through a crisis and we have to, to find ourselves quickly. And I think the ASA is playing a very important role on this. And uh, we have been on the board seeing these, these discussions very closely. So it, it has been really uh, exciting. But the participation in the board also made me realize that there is a, a lot of work to be done in terms of just justice, equality, diversity, and inclusion, what we call in the board Jedi. It was great to see the development of the work of the Anti-Racism Task Force co-chaired by Adrian Coles and Dave Marker. And actually, there is a, a podcast about the work that I encourage our audience to listen to. I think we will only improve our society if we are aware of its inequalities and we actively work together to reduce them. So it's really important that this is Discussion is in our day-to-day -day life such that we fight uh, hard these inequalities. Thank you so much. Alex and Jihyun, let's go to you. 
Yes, already I think Rebecca Scarlett Alex, everybody said what I wanted to say uh, about the question. But because of the board experience, I would say I'm more proud of my profession as a statistician and a member of the American Statistical Association. Uh, it is because I could more clearly recognize that many individual statisticians significantly impact on our science and human life. Also, I learned that uh, our professional organizations' collective work could effectively influence the community and the society by promoting rigorous statistical practices and then advocating science uh, policy activities as well. So finally, I think more of the next uh, generation's uh, education for data science and statistics, because I think so, the, the past three years, the board discussed intensively about the statistical and data science education. So thank you. Thank you, Jiyun, and thank you all. So we've been looking back. Uh, now we'll look forward a bit. Um, Scarlett, I'm going to start with you. What opportunities and challenges do you see for future boards? Perhaps there's no surprise to anybody. Uh, I think that an opportunity would be to sort of embrace this idea of thinking about how statistics can contribute to conversations around anti-racism, social justice, whatever term gravitates for you, and to embrace that, right? And, and to think about how we contribute to those conversations in the way that we do best. So that's thinking about how we can approach those concepts in terms of the research that we do, in terms of how we train the next generation of statisticians, you know, across all of the ways in which we are practicing uh, statisticians. So that's one. And then in terms of like, you know, a challenge, which is probably has been an ongoing challenge for several years now is I think we don't always do the best job in sort of articulating the value of being a member of a professional organization like the ASA. And I think that, you know, again, the sort of disadvantage in not being able to articulate our value is that, you know, I worry that our membership will continue to decline and that we aren't doing as good a job of, a, of attracting who's going to come behind us um, as potentially we have done in the past. And just to sort of bring it full circle, I think that one way to sort of address some of those issues is to go back to my first point, to sort of, you know, actively embrace how profession could be more inclusive perhaps than it currently is as a potential strategy. Thank you, Scarlett. Jihoon, what do you see as the opportunities and the challenges? So I think that our society is getting more diverse and also uh, evolving into a data-driven society. I think this is the uh, one major reason why ASA membership is uh, not thriving despite the number of statisticians increasing. Uh, particularly for the younger generations, many statisticians may think why we need a professional organization or why ASA, because we can get a lot from blogs, and Twitters, and public social networks, right? 
Also, uh, data science uh, embraces the multiple disciplinaries, including computer science and computational biology and informatic even sciences. So for example, one of my colleagues joined the biology and genomic professional organizations. So all these uh, expanding and emerging data-related areas are relatively new or more enhanced environment for us and also could be challenging for us. And also Scarlett said the delivering the ASA value to the members is absolutely challenging, but also the opportunity for the ASA to excel in our profession through the interdisciplinary collaboration across areas. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Rebecca, what do you think? Well, like others, I also was thinking about membership and community and what that means to ASA and to individual statisticians. But I was thinking particularly through the lens of post-pandemic society. And I was thinking about how much of a challenge it has created that we're now doing so much of our work in remote or hybrid workspaces and even our meetings are moving to remote and and hybrid options. And so it's definitely going to be a challenge, I think, moving forward to maintain and build that sense of community and connectedness when we're often interacting with each other only through Zoom. And, you know, we used to see each other once or twice a year at meetings and maybe now one of those meetings is a remote meeting as well. So I think that's going to be a real challenge moving forward, but I think it also represents an opportunity because one thing that is amazing to me is how quickly we have learned to develop technological tools to build community in the absence of of in-person meetings. You know, a few years ago, we were doing teleconferences by phone. Nobody was using video conferencing. Uh, We were all getting together in physical spaces to have conversations that could really more efficiently be had remotely. So I think we're learning very quickly how to to build these kinds of networks and technological tools, which will be an opportunity for us. But also, I think it's an opportunity to reach people who've been excluded in the past. So those of us who were participating in in in-person interactions previously who are now like, oh, I'm missing out on, you know, seeing so-and-so at the meeting or not getting together for in-person meetings anymore. That's one face of how things are kind of changing. But there's also a positive aspect, which is there is a community of people who, due to transportation challenges, financial challenges, disability, all sorts of access limitations have never been able to travel and they've been historically excluded from participating. And we now have an opportunity to bring them in because we have the tools and we've realized that we could have been doing this all along. So I think maintaining and building community is probably the most important thing for ASA moving forward. But I think we're building great tools for doing that remotely. And and like others have said, like inclusivity and reaching out and embracing the broadest possible set of statisticians and data scientists. Uh, I think it's something that we we have to do. I think we know how to do it and we just need to keep on building. Thank you so much. And and Alex, let's go to you. I share exactly the same concerns and see the issue with the number of membership, the number of members as a great challenge. And it's not only the ASA, right? Other associations are experiencing similar crisis with the number of memberships. And uh, I find this very similar to what journalism is experiencing worldwide with fake news and everybody going to different social media 
to get their information. And I find it's, it's up to us to make the next generation understand that it's important to have the infrastructure of an association like the ASA. Without the infrastructure that the, the ASA provides, we could not have all the different activities that we do have. And we need funds for that. So I view this as being part of a community. I remember, well, I built my career back in Brazil. I, I was a, a professor there for 14 years. And participating in these international meetings was really the way for me to connect with the international community. While I appreciate what Rebecca has just said, that the new tools that we have made it possible for people who were excluded, I also feel that it's important to have the personal contact. It's different, like the first contact as an early career researcher, how do you be to the first contact? I think this will be a big challenge, even with, with all the technology that we have. Thank you. Thank you. And this is a good opportunity to let our podcast listeners in on a little sneak into board life. One of the decades-long traditions of the board is that the outgoing board members at our very last board meeting have the opportunity to say some words of farewell. Sometimes those words of farewell have been songs or skits, sometimes just speeches, but you guys have already had the chance because of this podcast to practice what you are going to say at the board meeting. So that all works out. And now I'll hand the mic back to Donna. Well, I'll give you one more chance to plan your valedictory remarks by asking the final question. And that is, what's a favorite memory of your time on the board or the board experience? And Jihan, I'll start with you. Thank you, Dan. We are, I call, uh, we are Generation Z, you know, Gen Z, not because we are born in 1980s, but we are the Zoom board era members. While I missed the in-person board meetings, I also had some fun memories. Rebecca's cat, for example, she, the Rebecca cat joined the, our meetings frequently, and then uh, Rebecca was uh, quite a pond over the cat and plays a little bit, uh, petting the cat. It was uh, quite a sweet. And I saw Mark's guitar, Dick's bookshelf, you know, all those things, a very tangible kind of a film I could have. Even we listened to the Dig and Mark's songs, they sang together from different places via Zoom. So we are all right. We supported each other with the common aims to achieve. And we had many laughs. And Ron surprisingly continually carried the dad's joke, which sometimes I could not understand. So maybe I want to use this one as an opportunity to Thank Ron, Donna, and the ASA staff worked so hard with the board members during those difficult times with the COVID. So I wanted to thank you for your leadership, persistence, and then patience with the spirit over kindness. It was my honor to serve our professional organization. So you asked me a favorite memory, but I think of all my three years experience was truly the favorite memories. Well, Jihan, I just want to thank you for giving me plausible access to Gen Z because I'm going to embrace that. Scarlett, I'll go to you for memories. Yes, I, I feel like my time was abbreviated on the board, so I only have a year's worth of memories to call upon. So with that in mind, I'm going to say just generically, 
at the board meetings, the breaks are always my favorite. So we always go over time because we're always getting into sort of these very interesting chats about things that are both related and probably more often than not, not related to the work that we're doing. And those have always been sort of my favorite part of the board meetings. Agreed. I think we learn a lot outside the formal agenda. So that's wonderful. Alex, I'll go to you. I will also embrace Gen Z that Juhon has just defined. I, I loved it because when the pandemic hit in, in March 2020, we started having weekly meetings and they usually would last for one hour and one hour and a half. We all knew that we were navigating through unknown waters. So it was a very nice opportunity also for all of us to share our insecurities about what was coming. We never knew, right? And again, the leadership of the ASA quickly understood the importance of the moment and started discussing what could be done for the statistical community. We had some challenging discussions during this time. I remember quite a few. They were enriching discussions that brought lots of food for thought to me. I really learned a lot and I'm really grateful for this experience. I would like to thank again the staff of the ASA for their professionalism, for how we can count on them, and especially the leadership of Ron and Donna, who were always there to help us whenever we need. So thanks a lot. It has been a great ride. Thanks, Alex and Rebecca. We'll conclude with your memories. I think I will echo something that Jihan said, which is Ron's dad jokes for me are a particularly enjoyable memory, a lovely tradition. So as things were being upended by the pandemic and we never knew what was coming next, we could always count on at the beginning of every meeting, there would be a solid foundation of really bad puns that we could take comfort in. I'm a big fan of bad movies, like B-movies, and I love things that are like so bad that they're good, and I definitely appreciate Ron's jokes from that perspective. They are so bad that they become very good. So I'd like to thank Ron for all of those excellent jokes, those excellent memories, and just echo what others have said about the amazing hard work and professionalism of the ASA staff. It's been just overwhelming to see how much work is put into keeping the organization together. The board works hard, but it's a little bit like herding cats. We all are kind of all over the place and the staff, particularly Ron and Donna, have really kept everything on track through a really difficult time. And I just want to thank you for that and express my tremendous admiration and appreciation. Well, we want to thank all of you for spending some time with us. This has really been a great deal of fun, and we are really glad that we will have this as our memories of your board service. So with a final thank you to our guests, I will turn it over to Ron for the top 10, another tradition. Thanks, Donna. We were preparing for this podcast right as the 2022 World Series was ending. As the Astros defeated the Phillies, I started thinking about team mascot names. There are some notably funny team mascots in minor league baseball, such as the Florence Yalls from Northern Kentucky, or the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp in Florida, or Alabama's very own Rocket City Trash Pandas. This spring, the Savannah Bananas went viral performing TikTok dances during games. This got me thinking about some mascots that would be fun to see. I reached out to two statisticians who also happen to be dear friends, Tom Logan at Simon Fraser University and John Boyer, retired from Kansas State, who years ago came up with some extraordinarily punny ideas for mascots. So courtesy of Tom and John, I present 
the top 10 team mascots we would love to see. Number 10, from Northwest Minnesota, you could have the permutations. Number nine, from the Caribbean, the St. Martin Gales. Sorry, folks, that's the last of the statistics ones. Number eight, Western Australia could be the home of the Perth Snatchers. Number seven, or Egypt could bring us the Cairo Tractors. Yeah, you got to say that together, Cairo Tractors. Number six, from the Horn of Africa, it's the Djibouti Shakers. Number five, not terribly far from there, you might find the Khartoum characters. Number four, Georgia could bring us the Macon Whoopies. Number three, while South Carolina would bring the Aiken Hearts. Number two, my longtime home city should be the home of the Topeka Boos. And the number one team mascot we would love to see from New York, the Schenectady Dots. And that's a wrap for the Practical Significance podcast for 2022. The conversation continues next year. Thank you, listeners, for being with us this year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you for listening to this edition of Practical Significance, the podcast of the American Statistical Association. A new episode will be coming your way next month from Amstat News, the ASA's monthly membership magazine. 